you can trust you've got toxins. The question is whether they're causing dysfunction and breakdown for you, whether it's like at the level you need to pay attention to, or you can go, okay, well, I can wait on this because it's not as urgent as whatever, you know, my kid's homework or getting the car repaired, whatever that is. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 286. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Well, hello, veggie lover. Welcome back to another episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I have functional medicine practitioner, Dr. Wendy Trubo on the show to talk about toxins. Just want to remind you that the information on this podcast is for environmental and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult a health professional. So Wendy Trubo, MD, MBA, IFM, certified practitioner is passionate about helping women optimize their health and lives as a functional medicine gynecologist. Through her struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues, Trubeau has developed a deep sense of compassionate expertise for what her patients are facing. She is the co-author of Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Freaking Amazing, and has been regularly featured in Mind Body Green and Huffington Post. She is an accomplished speaker and previously had her own television show. She is on the faculty at A4M and a speaker for their conferences, along with other national societies. She and her partner will be releasing their next book in mid-2023. So in this episode, we talk about how she became interested in environmental toxins and her own journey that she went through, how toxins increase our risk of different symptoms, but also chronic diseases, what the most common toxins that people are exposed to regularly, spoiler alert, it's like everything everywhere all the time. how we would test for toxins and who should be tested for toxins and what the difference is between a validated and a standardized test and how we can start to address our toxin exposure without becoming overwhelmed, what the difference is between a detox and a cleanse and what really is happening in a detox. And then we also talk about the importance of optimizing your foundation and how to do that. So she has some really great things to say about that. She has some really great tips, really a wealth of knowledge and compassion. And I just love a lot of the things that she has to say. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you for all my returning listeners. Love you so much. And welcome to my new listeners. I am so happy to have you here. I hope you love it. Take a look around, get cozy. And please, if you think that this episode is going to help somebody else, please share it with them. I appreciate it so much. And now let us welcome Dr. Wendy Trubo. Dr. Wendy Trubo, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. 
Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Feel free to call me Wendy. Okay. Well, I'm super excited to have this discussion because I think that it's very relevant, even though I think it can get kind of detailed and complicated, but I think it's important for people to be aware of some of these issues that can affect their health. So let's start at the beginning. How did you become interested in environmental toxins and their effect on health and immunity? Yeah. I mean, really, my mess became my message, Yami, because... I was living the life. I'm a functional medicine provider. I, I walk the talk. I eat organic. I move my body. I get enough sleep, blah, 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 all the foundational things, right? And uh, when I was 48, I really hit the skids and uh, ultimately learned that it was because of an environmental exposure I had or multiple environmental exposures that I had. But until then, it, it had only peripherally been on my radar as a tremendous issue. And once it was personal, it was like, wow, you know, if I'm the poster child for healthy living and I have this issue, everyone else must have this issue. It's really, it's everywhere. Yeah. And then once something affects you, you, you become even more passionate about it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I, yes. I can uh, definitely relate to that. So tell us a little bit more about toxins. What, I mean, it's such a broad term, I, you know, because there's so many things that can be toxins. So yeah. What are toxins? How can they increase our risk of chronic disease? And what chronic diseases specifically can be triggered by toxins? Sure. Okay. So think of a toxin as anything that you have too much of that you can't process properly that's causing a problem. So that could be a food. It could be a lifestyle. It could be an exposure. There, There's a huge range. So when you think of you know, people don't think of food as toxins, but you can not only eat toxins when you eat non-organic food, but if you're eating a food that you're sensitive to, then you can react to it. So for me, gluten was a tremendous toxin. I had no idea. I ended up having celiac. I had no idea. None. Right? So so it can be as as straightforward as, hey, eating a standard American diet is very toxic for a lot of people. Or it could be like, well, I went to France right after Notre Dame burned and got exposed to the 500 tons of lead dust that got released when Notre Dame burned and that we slogged through, that I breathed in, I touched, I ended up, I'm sure, inhaling and eating and then had a health crisis afterwards. Or it can be something like you sleep on a bed and it's got flame retardants in it and that's a tremendous endocrine disruptor. Or you drink from plastic water bottles all the time or you do your nails and you're getting exposed to chemicals that way, or you dry clean your clothes, or you clean your home with toxic cleaning products. There's there's just sort of endless yummy. It's like kind of goes on and on, right? And and the trick is not to freak out about all the exposures. The trick is to start wending your way through, like what can I decrease? What can I improve? And what am I just going to take a pass on? Mm-hmm. So um, when I started this process, I was like, okay, we're leveling up on our dishwashing detergent, our laundry detergent, our cleaning supplies. We changed everything. I changed all of my hair. My hair shampoo was the hardest because I had been using it for so many years and I was attached to it. My whole family used it. That was the hardest thing to change. But leveling up over time and I changed out all my beauty products. I changed out all of my facial products, my lotions, all of it. I stopped dry cleaning my clothes because of the chemicals in them. And then I hit a, hit a, something that I, I couldn't 
couldn't make perfect. So um, when I wear false eyelashes, they have a non-formaldehyde glue, but it's still glue and it's still not the cleanest. And I said to myself, okay, you know what? I've literally changed my whole life. We're going to take a pass on the glue, right? There's so many other things, everything else is leveled up. We're going to take a pass on that and we'll do it. We'll do extra saunas and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I know you asked me more, but I think I've forgotten the rest of the question. (laughs) It's okay. No, I think I like how you pointed out that you don't have to do everything at once because I think it is really overwhelming. And especially when you start thinking about everything, you're just like, well, I know I'm not going to be able to change everything. So I'm not going to change anything, you know? Um, And so I, I think it's important to give people permission to take it one step at a time because otherwise it's like it's too much it's too much to even think about and especially for people that might suffer from anxiety like it's like you're just anxious about everything you're like i can't see smell taste touch anything you know um so i yeah. think that can be so let's dive into this yami let's dive into this because it is really overwhelming it's like oh my gosh my hair my hair my my beauty my cleaning my water my air all of it so let's talk about like what would i I mean, I've done this and I do this with my clients. And so what I recommend is start with the low-hanging fruits. Your low-hanging fruit is not going to be someone else's low-hanging fruit. So a low-hanging fruit, for example, is the food you're eating or the, you know, I stopped doing my nails. Like that was, that was heartbreaking. I did my nails every Sunday night. We drove my husband nuts. I'd like lie with my hands over the covers and go to sleep at night because I did my nails in all these cool patterns and colors. But you know what? It was toxic. So I stopped doing it. So that was like a really easy, like, oh, I've just saved myself not only an hour, but a whole bunch of chemicals, right? Just right there. So start with something that is easy. I always find that it's very easy to level up on something you're running out of because it's it's pressing, right? Like you're running out of mascara, you're changing that every six to 12 weeks, you're changing out something on a regular basis. That's the thing to focus on. Not this diaphanous, oh geez, what am I going to look at? It's really the thing you're running out of is the thing to level up on. And what I recommend is using either Environmental Working Group or Think Dirty. Those are my two favorite apps to look to see if what you're using is actually clean or not clean. Because the marketing is overwhelming and you're going to get you're going to get greenwashed all the time. Yeah, it can be super confusing to even tell. Uh, it feels like you have to have some sort of PhD just to understand some of these things. Well, what are the types of symptoms or chronic conditions that people can develop from being exposed to toxins? I love this question, Yami. Okay, so let's put it into two categories. You really did nail it. There's symptoms and there's and there's disease states. So if you carry a diagnosis of any autoimmune disease that can range from rheumatoid arthritis to celiac to multiple sclerosis, which is sort of a combo of a degenerative and an autoimmune disease, if you um, ankylosing spondylitis. If you carry any of these autoimmune diagnoses or degenerative diagnoses, including multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, any any dementia, such as Alzheimer's, if you have cancer, if you have any of those categories of diseases, you can presume that you have high body burden of toxins because toxins are so intrinsically inflammatory that the body doesn't know how to respond powerfully except to go down whatever path you're going to go down. So I went down the celiac route. Someone else goes down the type 2 diabetes route. That was another category I didn't include. If you have cardiometabolic disease of any type, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, uh, high cholesterol, 
or metabolic dysfunction with prediabetes or diabetes, you're, you presume there's toxins. They're super inflammatory. So every human's going to manifest the way their body's kind of prone to, and it's a combination of your, your genetics and your lifestyle and your food and all that. And then the other group is people who have symptoms. So this is, this is a little bit more challenging because it's not only, you know, certainly your headaches might not be from toxins, but if you have any type of imbalance in your mood, anxiety, depression, OCD, if you have insomnia, if you have brain dysfunction, if you have hair loss, if you have asthma, if you have any type of gut dysfunction, particularly irritability, irritability and irritable gut. Like no matter what you do, your gut's just jacked up or you can't gain weight or you can't lose weight. Both, right? People never think about the people who are too skinny, but if you're too skinny, you can't gain and and you can't lose. Those are all indicators that you have a toxic exposure and it's, it's worth paying attention to. Okay. That's really helpful. That covers a lot of people. (laughs) Most of the country, I I think. (laughs) If I were being flippant, I would be like, okay, do you live on the earth? You've got toxins, right? You yeah. you can you can trust you've got toxins. The question is whether they're causing dysfunction and breakdown for you. Whether it's like at the level you need to pay attention to, or you can go, okay, well, I can wait on this because it's not as urgent as whatever you know, my kid's homework or getting the car repaired, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important to know. Okay, you mentioned just a couple of different items that might release toxins, but maybe if you could be a little bit more specific about what are the most common toxins that people are exposed to regularly. This is a horrifying question, just to to be clear, like no, you know, so let's think about it. Let's, let's categorize things because as humans, we like things in buckets. So, okay. Bucket one, the things that you put in your body can be toxic. So the food you're eating, the liquid you're drinking, especially if it comes from a plastic single-use water bottle, because those have endocrine disruptors. If you are drinking juices and they're not organic, you've now concentrated the pesticides, herbicides, and and, uh, insecticides into the juice, which means you're getting a healthy dose. And you think of children love drinking juice, and if it's not organic, they're drinking pesticides. And then the last grouping of what goes in you is alcohol, which is its own literal brand of toxin. It is a it is a direct toxin. It does cause the liver to essentially stop the presses. So if you're in the midst of dealing with your hormones, you're in the midst of cycling through wherever you are in your menstrual cycle and you drink a good amount of alcohol or any alcohol, instead of dealing with your hormone processing, now your liver's like, well, this is a much more important toxin. Hormones are toxic too. This is much more important. I'm going to deal with this. You stop dealing with the other things. And this is where you start to see women who are like, I have bad PMS. My periods are irregular or super heavy, or I have fibroids. It's an estrogen dominant state. The, it, it, we don't think of this as, oh, I have a toxic issue. We think of it like, oh, well, everyone in my family has that, right? Mm-hmm. No, everyone in your family lives, breathes, eats, thinks, and has the same genetics. You're all you're all similar in those ways, and that's enough. Okay, that's the in you. Let me just pause. Any thoughts, comments, or questions on that before I go to the next category? No, I think that's pretty clear. Okay. Then there's the category of what you put on you, especially for women. You know, by the time we're done getting ready in the morning, we've 
potentially put like 250 chemicals on ourselves. Newborns are born with over 150 chemicals in their umbilical cord. So these are the things like your go head to toe, your shampoo and conditioner, your hair product, your makeup, your foundation, your lotion, your eye makeup remover, the makeup itself. I mentioned the glue, the lipstick, everything that you're putting on, your lotion, your toners, whatever that is, that would include the clothes that you put against your body because you're you whatever you've used to clean them your skin is a your skin can tank you or it can make you thrive because mm-hmm. it will either absorb or or excrete depending on what your body's needing or do and so the clothes you put on your body can also impact you if the clothes i think this is a really challenging area yami because the clothes that we wear fashion's important to us understandably so it's important to me except most of the clothes we wear are synthetic the synthetic things have uh, endocrine disruptors in them. So that throws off our hormone balance. So it, it's very challenging. But the, the items that we're putting on our body often have endocrine disrupting chemicals. If it's not made in the United States and it's not made in a GMP facility, you have no idea what's actually in it. So especially things like cheap, cheap beauty. Like I have teenagers and they're like, I bought this. I'm like, oh. Spend more money. Please spend more money and get a better version, right? Because you have no idea what that's put on. And it'll say made in, and I won't I won't blame any country in particular, but you know, where most of our processed things come from is another country that has very lax controls over over toxins. And so endocrine disruptors, heavy metals can be in there, artificial dyes and colors. These are all not in our favor. Mm-hmm. I so one thought choice. about that when I was a teenager, yeah. I worked at a department store, like a kind of lower end, inexpensive department store. And one of the things that I will never forget, it's kind of like that same smell of anatomy lab that you'll never forget. Yes. Um, I will never forget every time we had to unpack the boxes of the merchandise and it has a particular smell to it. It has like this plasticky smell that like never goes away. <laughs> You're around it. Uh, so yeah. I, I definitely believe it. Like there's like stuff on it. And if you're smelling it, that means that, you know, there's stuff coming off of that clothing and, you know, it's just the demand that we have. And this goes to one of my big values is decreasing waste and, you know, helping for the environment and just having less stuff in general, minimalism and stuff. But it's just like boxes and boxes and boxes of clothing in and out, in and out, in and out. And Mm -hmm. we feel like, you know, why not? It's there. Might as well just buy it as cheap. So like $4.99 today, it's on sale, you know, but you're right. I think we need to think about some of those things and the implications that it can have for us, especially long-term implications. Right. And it's it's easy to forget that things that are bad for the for us are also bad for the earth. Mm-hmm. And if the earth's not healthy, it's not going to take care of us. You know, it it is a two-way street. Yeah. So, okay, that's the second category. And then the third category is that I think it can be particularly overwhelming because it's everything else. So mm-hmm. that is gasoline fumes, paint, volatile organic compounds, uh, flame retardants, phthalates, styrene, plastics, you name it, and everything else goes into this category. It's the things we clean our house with. It's the things that we clean our dishes and our laundry with. It's the things that we use to even do construction on our house, you know, we just came out of this pandemic and everyone did construction. 
And, and it's amazing. Like even patients in my practice who know that I am a crazy person about toxins, they'll do construction, not thinking, oh, you know, paint has VOCs in it and we off gas and these are extremely toxic for you. And it continues to off gas well after it's been painted. So it's really important to do construction in a way that doesn't expose you to even more chemicals. And so. And I also encourage people, if you live in a house built before 1978, it has lead that's in in the paint. It was outlawed in 1978. So when you cut into those walls, when you do the DIY weekend project and you cut into the walls or you strip the paint, you expose yourself to lead. And so there's a lot of ways you can get exposed to chemicals. So if you live near a golf course, a highway, a farm, or an industrial plant, you're getting exposed to the chemicals that are, you know, in, in the farm, it's the pesticides and herbicides. In the highway, it's not only the, the off-gassing from the cars, not off-gassing, it's the, sm- um, the emissions from the cars, mm-hmm. as well as when the plastic tires hit the road repeatedly, they degrade and they get airborne in these tiny little plastic particles that you breathe in. And then in a golf course, it's again herbicides because... Nature loves variety and diversity, and golf courses are monoculture green. And so they have to spray the living daylights out of it to get it to be that monoculture. It's actually not natural. Mm -hmm. And so living near there, you get the drift. You get the drift of the chemicals. (laughs) And then lastly, those the uh, processing plants. For example, if you eat high fructose corn syrup, by the way, I'm never the good news bear. Yummy. I'm not like, oh, cool. We talked to Wendy. We're so happy. You're like, oh, I talked to Wendy. I have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. If you eat high fructose corn syrup and it's not organic, you're getting the glyphosate concentrated that was made to grow the corn and you're getting the mercury that was used to make it go from corn into high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways that we're getting exposed. And unfortunately, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, the EPA is going to protect me. Or if it were really bad for me, it wouldn't be on the market because companies only report when it becomes clear that there's a tremendous issue, like the J&J talc issue. They they reported after it became clear. I mean, we're talking years this was on the market. So you you can't assume that anyone else is doing the research for you. You can assume, for example, if you go to certain chains that have rules about artificial colors or artificial flavors, you can assume that there's a start there, right? But that's when I was I was in one of those stores this morning and I was like, well, they sell non-organic food. So, you know, conventional food is non-organic that has pesticides on it. You could spend more money and buy it somewhere where they don't sell artificial colors and flavors, but you're still getting the pesticides. So it's important to start to level up where you can and remember that you're actually your own best advocate. Nobody will do it for you, which can be both depressing and inspiring, right? Because you have the agency, but you have to take your agency. Yeah. Okay. So now we know that basically it's everything everywhere that we we do or see. Who should be tested for toxins and how do you test for toxins? And then of course, my follow-up question to that is, are these validated measures? Because I think that's as a traditionally trained physician, and that's what I hear repeatedly is, oh, well, it's not validated. And how do you know that that's really true? And that's really, you know, something that you need to do something about. So those are the kind of questions yeah. that come up for me. Okay. Let's answer that court first. Cause that's, pro- that's a really, like, that's a really deep and broad question. So when you talk about validation, 
it's very interesting. So there, if you find metals, for example, when you test for metals, it's valid. You have metals. What it isn't is standardized. Meaning if I get an eight on my metals test, I could get a 10 another time, or I could get a seven another time. It's not, it's not an exact science, but someone who shows up, for example, like we had a patient who showed up with a lead level of 140. That's real. You know, and, and clinically you see it. This is a woman who had fertility challenges, hair loss, weight gain, brain fog, anxiety, and irritable bowel. And when we started to clear the medical, the, the lead, you start to see resolution of all the issues. So, but it, but it's not standardized. So every time she did her test, it came out a little bit different, but we were able to see it go from 140 into the nineties, into the fifties, into the twenties. And so it, it does give a sense of the body burden, but it's not an exact science. And here's what's even creepier or, or worse. If you have not the best detox based on your genetics, what you're eating, your stress, your alcohol, your liver function, you won't show what's really present until you've started to optimize the, the mechanism for detox. So I will say to people, you know, like oh, I treated my lead when it went from nine to 12, we treat over eight. When it went from nine to 12 and I had had this exposure and my hair was falling out and I had gained nine pounds and I had a rash, I was like, oh, this is really clinically relevant. So I treated it. And what I always warn people is the true value is often for, for many people who come up positive, it's much higher. And what you'll see is that 12 on lead and the eight on mercury that I started with went up to 21 for lead and 41 for mercury because the body burden, it's stored. It's stored in your bones, your organs, and your fat. So in order to really pull it out, you need to ramp up detox, meaning you need to improve the liver the, and the gut and the overall system for detox. So it's, it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. And so, yes, it's validated. It's not standardized. Does that make sense? The other point to that too is that I would say that most physicians aren't going to understand how to, like lead is typical. Like we in pediatrics, we look at lead levels and things like that. But some of these other metals we've never learned or been taught. And so we don't right. know what they mean, how to interpret and what to do about them. So I think right. that's important for people to know is that not everybody is going to be familiar with with this toxin yeah. testing. And and <laughs> the, the scary part is that, you know, the body knows that lead and mercury are toxic. So unless you've had a really recent big exposure, you will not see it in the blood because it becomes sequestered away. So if, mm-hmm. so kids in Flint, Michigan, a hundred percent, they have positive lead levels on a, on a test, but the rest of kids normally, unless they were with their parents, when their parents stripped the paint off the lead in the house, they're not going to show up positive. So it's it's almost deceptive because as as mothers, we give 50% of our our body burden of toxins to the baby. It does cross the placenta. That's why babies are born with it. It's a detox event for us to be pregnant and nurse. And it's a tox up event for them. You should still get pregnant. You should still nurse. But just know that that's why we don't do any detox in pregnancy or nursing because you're already detoxing. We're not going to do any more. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure I answer the question about who should test for, for toxins. And then I think the next question is like, what are those tests, right? So yeah. who should test? I don't think everyone should test. I, th- I think that's probably an overstatement. I think if you are 
if you, there's a bunch of places you could start. If you're new to the functional medicine world, then you start with your adrenals, your gut health, your general nutrient status, your hormones. You start with more platform evaluations because you can't deal with toxins in a gut that has severe permeability and irritability. You got to deal with things first. So it's sort of systematic. Now let's go to the other side. You've been in the functional medicine world for years. You've done everything except the toxins. You're feeling okay, but you still can't quite get a handle on your blood sugars or your anxiety, or your gut is still more irritable than you would think given the work you're doing, or you cannot lose weight no matter what you do. These are all people who you want, who want to test for toxins because of that, that dysfunction and, and underlying irritability and dysfunction that the, the toxins will cause. So so it kind of depends. So my sense is if you do everything right and you still have issues, you want to look at toxins because that's that's a massive issue that we're all walking around with. And then how do you test for toxins? Uh, you, you're going to need to work with a senior functional medicine provider who's comfortable with toxins because f- functional medicine has just such a tremendous opportunity for uh, how deep you want to go. And so someone who specializes potentially in male hormones might not specialize in in toxins. So it's kind of a gamut. So you're going to want to work with a functional medicine provider. If you go to your traditional mainstream doc, they they likely don't, as you mentioned, have the training in this. So it's it's like asking your plumber or your painter to do your plumbing, right? It's just mm-hmm. totally the wrong thing. They're the wrong specialty. So the testing for metals, they're all urine tests, actually, that we use. You can do hair. You can do a little bit of blood spot. I think the urine is the most indicative because the hair, the blood, if it's not if it's not active right now or if it's sequestered, you won't see it. If the, if you do hair, it only shows what you're voluntarily getting rid of. It's not showing a provoked or stored amount. So I like the urine because we're able to provoke it. So metals is urine after with a provoking, um, it's called DMSA, and it provokes the, medi- the metals to come out of the fat bones organs, binds them, puts them in the urine, and then you can measure it. Then... The mycotoxins, which are the toxins that mold puts out when it's in your body, it's pretty creepy, That uh, that's also a urine test. And then the other environmental toxins, which includes gasoline, fumes, nail polish, VOCs, styrene, plastics, all of that, and the glyphosate, the herbicide, pesticides, insecticides is all one test. You can do it separated or you can put it all bundled together. That's also a urine test. Well, that's convenient that you just... yeah. To pee it all out, it's nice. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So that's great. So you told us kind of the difference between validated, standardized, who should be tested, what, how we test for them. And so then say either you did get tested and you have some elevations or you're just like, you know what, I want to just try to optimize my lifestyle. How do we start addressing toxins? And, you know, you kind of already talked about this a little bit. You don't have to get overwhelmed. Just start with the low hanging fruit. But do you have a system that you take people through depending on if they're not having any symptoms or having some symptoms? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty rare someone has, people always have symptoms. They just might not think that their symptoms are related to the toxins. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's multiple levels to healing. So our our approach, I mean, we called our company Five Journeys because it's your your structure, your physical structure, right? That's your bones, muscles, ligaments, your posture. Do you exercise? 
And there's the chemistry, which people think of functional medicine, your emotional state, that's your relationship to yourself. Are you kind to yourself? Are you gentle or compassionate? Or are you harsh? Then there's your social, which is you are not an island. And so belonging to a community and being with people. And then spiritual, why are you here? What's your legacy? What are you going to do in this earth? So you really, if someone's in a toxic relationship with themselves or with someone else or a job, or they're not sleeping, or they're not moving their body, these are what I would say are considered the the foundational behaviors. So you can't go to Oh, everyone always wants to jump to, well, okay, test my metals and test my mycotoxins. I'm like, cool, no. You know, we have to really get your system functioning or you're going to be sick and you're going to hate me. So, so it's, it's really systematic. It's you need to sleep. You don't detox if you don't sleep. So you need to sleep, be in bed for at least eight hours every night, if not more. Women tend to need more sleep than men, not all the time, but tend. You need to move your body, get sweaty. It's good to sweat. You know, women who plop down in the chair in my office are like, doc, I don't sweat. I'm like, no, that's terrible. We need to get you sweating. Your detox is shut down. We got to get you sweaty. So moving your body to sweat, you can do dry brushing, Epsom salt baths, saunas, get yourself sweaty, and then eat food that's organic and minimally processed, minimize or eliminate alcohol and avoid sugar. Uh, Be careful with be careful with fruits because, you know, I had a patient who was eating 10 pounds of mandarins a day. And I was like, okay, well, it's not processed. So there's always an up- upside, but it's still 10 pounds of mandarins. We're talking about like 200 something grams of sugar. And that's intrinsically inflammatory. So we don't want to do that either. So, you know, when the RDA said five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables a day, people stopped listening after fruits. People eat five to seven servings of fruits and, you know, one to two servings of vegetables. Maybe it's really, you want to eat the cruciferous, leafy, detox-supporting vegetables in abundance and then have one or two pieces of fruit a day, but not tons. So eat, sleep, poop, got to poop every day, if not twice a day, because think of what you're bringing into your body. Poop is one of the major mechanisms to get it out of your body. So you need to poop every day. And then make sure your relationships are healthy, both with yourself and with others, and find some way to manage your stress. So those six things are the foundational behaviors that if you do them, it sets the stage for detox, it promotes health and balance. And then the next level is, okay, is your gut optimized? Do you have food sensitivities that you're not aware of that we could navigate around? How are your adrenals? How stressed is your body experiencing itself? Are your minerals, nutrients, and hormones balanced? Because if they're not, they can be toxic or make you sick. So we're going to do all those things. And then the next step is toxins. Mm -hmm. So it's a process. Yeah. I love that because I think it's very true that we start from this like standard American life, right? Which is full of lots of processed foods, low sleep high stress, isolation, depression, anxiety, (laughs) all the toxins. And then a lot of people are like, oh, it must be because of this. I'm going to go straight to this and do some kind of detox and take a pill and I'll be fine. But you're right. I mean, I'm also board certified in lifestyle medicine. So for me, I say the same thing. Before we jump to this thing over here, how about we just optimize everything that we can, that we know is really important, like sleeping. (laughs) Like nobody wants to sleep. I understand too, because I 
as soon as I try to skip on sleep, I feel it like within two days, I'm just like a whole different person. So um, it's really important, I think, to make sure that we get that foundation nice and strong before we start building upon it more complex, you know, things where we have to dig deeper and, and do more complex things. So that's really important. So that brings me to a question that I think um, I've I've had for a long time, which we throw around these terms, detox, cleanse, you know, it seems like it's just a buzz term. Now everybody's like, I'm detoxing, you know, when they're just walking down the street, whatever. So what, <laughs> what does it really mean uh, to detox? And is, is there really such a thing as detox? Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I mean, this, this is a great question. Okay. So I think the majority of what people are doing that they consider to be detox is more cleanse in nature like a restart. Think of it as hitting the reset button, a juice cleanse, a fast, intermittent fasting. These are all, these are all prompting us to reset and improve. And, you know, look, if you're eating a standard American diet and you're not sleeping and you're not moving your body, small changes are very impactful because you're going to notice it, right? And, and, and so the healthier you get, the the harder it is to make big changes because you've made a lot of big changes. So, you, so the eight, the first eighty percent of improvement is much easier to get to than the last twenty percent because you, you know if you if you really do need a hundred percent improvement, you're going to really feel it. So when you do a cleanse, you're going to be like, "Wow, I had all this energy." Now the trick: do not take it after you do the cleanse. Right? The cleanse is an opportunity to reset minimize the toxins that you're eating, minimize the toxins that you're participating in, either social media or emotional or energetic, minimize those behaviors because you did a reset. Think of it as a reset. And you may feel a lot better because your body was so overloaded. Think of the body like a rain barrel that that a, that if you're really not well and you and you fill the rain barrel with with toxins and stressors and food sensitivities and chemicals and alcohol and not sleeping, that if you pull off 20% of what's irritating the body, you're going to notice that. So I always say to people, look, everything's better than nothing. Really, like everything's better than nothing. Don't, don't skimp on anything just because you think it doesn't help. It helps. It's just not for a lot of us enough because the flip side of it is that when you look around, you are being exposed to chemicals, even in this lovely setting that you have and I have. My microphone has plastic. I'm sitting on vegan leather. Guess what? Vegan leather is plastic. Vegan leather is good for the cows, but it's not good for us. So all the ways, and then you don't even, we didn't even talk about EMFs and air quality and water quality. So, so essentially think of it like it's a good start. But then what we need to do is start to pull off all the ways that we're being deluged. We are standing under a waterfall. It's a waterfall. And we're getting pummeled. And we're like, why are we soaking wet? Well, we're soaking wet because it's everywhere. And it's become very common. And, you know, 1,500 new chemicals are developed every year. And there's like, some are, it's, it's, it's not even well counted because nobody has to report it. It's about 500,000 chemicals on the market that are impacting us and have not been studied. So we're drowning. But when you look at the incidence of autoimmune disease, 
autoimmune disease for since since 2012. So we're talking 11 years, Yami. We're not talking about since I was born in 1970. We're talking about the last 11 years. Spending on autoimmune disease has gone from 20 billion to 140 billion. That's ridiculous. That's only 11 years. And we see sort of tracking with that, the the rise in incidence of heart disease, diabetes, chronic disease, other other diseases, anxiety, depression. Everything is increasing at an exponential rate. What's the change? Really, the biggest change is toxin exposure, glyphosate exposure. Those are the exposures that we have that are different than what we had 20 years ago. So what's the definition of detox and what is it that yeah. you're doing yeah so so it's not possible to ever be taught truly toxin free right like i'm like okay you live on the earth you're gonna have toxins the goal is to bring the burden of the toxins on your body down to a level that you can process through what you're getting exposed to ongoingly so so there's sort of two tracks one is you know, that woman who came up with 140 on lead, right? We needed to do a lot of work to bring her body burden down to a point where she could function on a daily basis. So the, the, there's the acute remove the bulk of the toxins that you can get the body burden down to manageable low levels and, and don't take it for granted, right? Because maybe you got a bad batch of the binders for the testing. You know, once you get to good levels, retest just to be neurotic three to six months later. And then there's the maintenance, which means you didn't do all this work just to go back to your old way. You did all this work to maintain it. So continue to sleep, move, uh, sweat, poop, eat properly, manage your stress, and then continue to take things that support the liver's ability to move and convert toxins from their toxic form to their inner water-soluble form. Continue to support that process ongoingly. So it's really, I think it might be a misnomer to say detox. It's really more accurate, bring down the body burden to a point where the body is functioning. You know, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, you can reverse most diseases. You can reverse and you can slow the, you can slow the process, but you can also reverse it. Diabetes, di- type 2 diabetes is not your life sentence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's reversible. And when you get underneath the toxins and the lifestyle and the food, you see a change. In fact, we have a woman in our office who, you know, her fasting sugars, it was heartbreaking. Her fasting sugars were in the 300s, 400s. And I've known her for eight months and I'm like, come on, let's get you going, right? Like we can fix this. And she had a just a series of unfortunate life events and it woke her up. And she was like, I need to change this. So she started, she changed the way she ate first. And it's been about three weeks. And she's like, I'm not perfect. I'm like, babe, you're not going to be perfect for a long time, right? Like perfection's a misnomer. But but what you want to see is improvement. And for her, her blood pressure started in the 400s. And she has this little sawtooth pattern going. So it's kind of, it's not perfect. It's not linear. Health and life are not linear. It's really up and down. But when you look at the gestalt of it, she's three weeks in. And her fasting blood sugars are in the 250s, down from 450. Now, is 250 the goal? No, 250 is not the goal. We're going to keep detoxing her and we're going to keep, you know, we had to start with food, but we're going to get into toxins themselves because that's underpinning it and making her more likely to express. So 
So when you talk about detox, it's, it's, it's a process. I don't think it's an event. It's a process. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's and and it's something that is trial and error too, for some people, how are they going to make it sustainable? How are they going to make compromises in their life? Just like you were saying in order to reach that well-being that they're after. So we already kind of talked about this, but you know, one of my questions was if there's, you know, people are having lots of, like I said, standard American life, they're doing all the things, right? So that impact their health and well-being. This poor sleep, stress, hype, um, processed food intake, no exercise. What do you usually recommend that they start with, especially if somebody does feel like they're overwhelmed? What is a good, easy win to start with to start optimizing that foundation? I say start with why. You know, Simon Sinek, start with why. Because most of us have essentially, I don't know if brainwashed is the right term, Yami, but I would say most of us live like it doesn't matter. And we're just going to get worse and we're just going to get sick and we're going to lose our mind. So when we on our end talk about peak performance and longevity, people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to live that long. I don't want to be sick because their immediate thought is they're going to be sick. So the first thing is to question your belief around how you're meant to be. We say, we say our practice, our like my life mission is you are meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, able and interested in intimacy until you're at least 100, and that every decade you get better than the one before. Mm. Richer, deeper, smarter, better, more able. Yes, you get less resilient as you age, but that is not an excuse for decompensating and degenerating. So the first thing is question your belief system. If you believe that you're meant to get worse over time, you're gonna, because why bother maintaining, right? So get a belief system in place that will serve you, that will allow you to set the foundation. Why am I doing this? I do this because I got a late start parenting. I really want to see my great-grandchildren walk down the aisle. But I'm 52. I don't have any grandchildren yet. So I'm definitely not going to have great-grandchildren for a long time, right? Like we're a ways away from that. So I need to stay healthy for a long time because I want to see that. And I believe that I meant to do that. But if you don't believe that, why would you, why would you eat healthy and why would you take care of yourself? So first, start with the foundation of what you're doing and what you believe. And then there's really easy things, Yami. If you don't drink alcohol or if you drink very, very limited alcohol, that allows your body to deal with other toxins. Especially if you're someone who, like me, struggles to detox. I have terrible genes. You know, I just, Terrible genes layered with an autoimmune disease and OBGYN residency. It's a really bad combination. So I'm a crappy detoxer. So I don't drink any alcohol. Added sugar is flat out super inflammatory. So don't eat added sugar and watch the amount of sugar you eat in your fruit. These are very low hanging fruits, right? Get to sleep earlier. Try to get in bed and be in bed for eight to nine hours. If you have a toxic relationship, get out of it. If you can't, you know, if it's toxic, you're not going to be able to fix it. Get out of it. Whether that's a person or a job or, you know, if you have a relationship to yourself that's toxic, it's time to transform it because you're here. Unless you're a flagrant axe murderer, you're an awesome person and you deserve love, you know, so be kind to yourself. So starting to level up the way we think and act. And these things are mostly, you know, if you don't drink alcohol and don't eat added sugar, those are free, right? You don't have to spend any extra money on that. Changing the way you think and talk to yourself, free. Challenging, but free. Mm -hmm. 
Which I, love no, I, I loved your answer because I believe the same thing. I also want to live to a hundred at least. And it's really important to find your North star because these are sometimes super boring, tedious things that we have to put into our lives that don't, you may not even feel the payoff right now. You know that it's going to be a future payoff. And so I think it's so important to develop that anchor that's going to keep you stable and heading towards that future you that you envision. So starting with why is important for a lot of people don't even know their why. A lot of people haven't even stopped to think. A lot of people don't even feel like they bo- that they deserve to live a long time, you know? And you're right. I, I'm always shocked when I talk to people who say that they don't want to live a long time. I'm like, but why? And they're like, because I, I don't want to be in pain and because they already feel bad. And that's right. super, super sad that people think that being older means you have to feel bad. No, I want people to realize that we can make it so that we get into that older age feeling good and vibrant and strong and productive and being having that energy to spend with our family. So so thank you so much for reminding us of that super important question. Why? Why do you want to feel better? Why do you want to live a long time? Great, yeah. Really great way to get us anchored. All right, Dr. Trubo, Wendy, this has been great. I would love to know, what do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew exactly that, that they were perfect and and ju- and worth it and good humans and deserve to feel freaking amazing that that i wish more people knew that that was the way life is meant to be yeah that's beautiful do you have a morning routine if so can you share it with us you know i have a terrible morning routine i think (laughs) most people would be like that is awful why would you do that right so so okay so every once in a while sometimes i go to the the gym and i kind of roll out of bed and Put, put my face on, but don't do my hair and go to the gym. Uh, I know it sounds weird, but it's weights. So I don't sweat as much as like cardio. But if I'm not going to the gym, what I do, <laughs> I check my finances because I want to make sure I have my finger on the pulse of how are the finances. Uh, we have a number of businesses. We have a big family. And I just, I like check in with finances. I make sure I pay my credit card bill. You know, like I, I, I keep my finger on that. I check my, I track my sleep in the morning. You know, I, I track my sleep. So I review my sleep. How did I do? And I read the newspaper and I do the crossword puzzle. So I do that all while I'm stretching. And I guess now that I say it, I'm like, actually, it doesn't sound like a bad routine. It sounds like a good routine, but I am on my screen. Essentially, when I wake up, mm-hmm. I start screen work, but it works for me. It's like, it, it, I feel very, the days I don't do it, I'm like, wait, what are the finances? I didn't do the crossword. I got to do the crossword. What's happening in the world? So it, it like grounds me. And I only read things that I find empowering. I don't read stuff that makes me outraged. I stay away from that because I don't want to start my day with that. Yeah, that's so important. And I'm glad you said that because I actually deliberately avoid the news <laughs> because I I feel like with my personality type and the empathy I have and I get like, you know, these cognitive distortions that the world is an awful place if I start reading stories like that. So I think for some people, you know, they have to figure out where where to draw the line of what's going to help them versus harm them. Um, but what I'm hearing from your morning routine is that it your morning routine helps you feel empowered. So mm-hmm. I wish I were more like you with the finances. So I'm learning. I'm learning. My money personality is more like, oh, it'll, it'll all work out magically. 
So I like you're just like, like you're just like, nope, we gotta be in control. So it's good because I'm married to a, my husband also is like You're you. married to me. Yes. And <laughs> and he thinks I am, you know, kind of crazy. And he's like, it's not magic, young. And I'm like, but it is magic. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Thanks for sharing that with us. Well, this has been so fantastic. And I know that my listeners have learned so much. I've learned so much. So if you can just tell us, please, where we can connect with you and what products and services you offer. Sure. So we have both a bricks and mortar and a national brand. So if someone's in the Northeast and wants to connect with the bricks and mortar, that's Five Journeys Health. And if someone is like, well, I live in Timbuktu and there's no way I'm getting in there. We have an online community that has supplements, programs, testing. We have a whole, just a whole wealth of thing. And actually I have a free gift for the audience. It's, it's dirtygirldetox.com forward slash gift. And it's a free, it's, it's, we call it the non-toxic guide to healthy living, keeping in mind that you're never truly going to be non-toxic. It's a non-toxic start. And so it depends how people wanted to interact on, you know, bricks and mortars, five journeys, online health is dirtygirldetox.com and then forward slash gift for the, for the free guide. And then on social, I'm at Wendy Trubo MD, all of them. And then we have our podcast, which in the middle of podcasting, I renamed one day to be the, it's called the five journeys feel freaking amazing podcast. It's going to transition to only being the feel freaking amazing podcast. Once my podcast producer stops having a heart attack, basically. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. I've changed some, yeah. I've had my podcast for over five years and I've changed so many things so many times and it's fine. It'll be it's fine. fine. Awesome. Yeah. And then your book. And our book, yes, I forgot about that. How could I forget? This is what we talked about for an hour. Uh, the book is Dirty Girl. And I would, if you were interested in buying it, I would go to the Amazon is the easiest way to get it. Don't type in just Dirty Girl. You won't get the book. You'll get, you'll get other stuff. Uh, so, right? Like, it might be good. You could bundle those together. You never know, you know? You never know. <laughs> we got, fl- we got flagged on Facebook for Dirty, g- dirty Girl ads. They were like, it's porn. I'm like, it's not porn. It's my brand. It's a real brand. So we had to get certified so they would allow the brand. So yeah, type in Dirty Girl Detox book and you can include my name, Trubo, or you can include, you know, Dirty Girl book about toxins. That'll get you there. And then it's really meant to be a roadmap for you. You're not going to build Rome in a day. You're not going to transform your health in a day. You're just going to make an improvement every week because small changes add up to massive impact when you look back over the course of a year and go, oh, I actually did that. I did that. Yeah. So make small changes every day, week or month, and you'll, you'll see a huge impact. So that's the book. It's meant to guide you through that. So empowering. Okay. Last question. If you can leave us with your top three tips for people that are ready to address the toxins in their life, where should they start? Start with what you're running out of. Okay. Level up what you are running out of. Make sure you address the foundations of your life. Eat, sleep, poop, move, Breathe, stress reduce, and retrain your brain to be kind to yourself. And what I mean by that is instead of when you screw something up, and you're going to screw something up because you're human and humans mess up, instead of saying things like, you are so dumb, you always do that, God, you're you're just such a failure, of course you screwed that up, nobody's going to love you, everyone knows what I'm talking about, These these things that run on repeat transform those and transform. It's not going to be overnight. You're going to have to practice it because you've been practicing the mean to yourself muscle for what? 
I'm 52, right? So I've been practicing the being kind to myself muscle for about 10 years and it still slips in sometimes. So instead of saying those things, say, wow, you tried really hard. What did you do that might not have worked that you can do differently next time? Or you haven't mastered that yet. Try again. Or your heart's in the right place. Or even though that wasn't right, you're still an amazing human and you're lovable. Take to heart that you matter and you deserve love because you wouldn't be here otherwise. That's so beautiful. It's so empowering and definitely focuses on that growth mindset, which a lot of us need to learn how to implement that into our lives. Well, Dr. Wendy Trubo, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you for all the information that you've shared with us. I really appreciate your work. I'm so grateful for all the help that you give everybody. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Yeah, me. Thank you so much. And to you too. Thanks for all the work. Thank you. veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.